Now, this is one of my favorite episodes. I know it hasn't even started yet, but it's already <laughs> one of my favorites. We're off to a great start. We yes. are off to a great start. We're off to a great start because it's got everything that I love wrapped up into one episode. Okay. It has an old 80s pop band who are still recording and still, so I shouldn't say they're old, but their prominence was in the 80s. And we have one of the lead singers from that group on the show today. And I'm very excited about that. And you're here with me. And I'm happy about that. (laughs) And a listener contacted you and sent us candy. It's true. What more could make this for a great show? We have a listener named Muntaz Chaiman. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Forgive me, Muntaz, if I've mispronounced your name. (laughs) But uh, he messaged us and he's listening to the podcast as he's delivering candy around town. (laughs) How Uh, could this not be a wonderful episode? (laughs) He's with a company called Waferever Bar, and he sent us some candy to try. Which is perfect timing because your big bag of candy we've been working through, you would run to the bottom of it. That's right. So we needed candy this week anyway, and we have candy. Thank you. I'm very excited about that. So thank you, Muntaz, for listening and for sharing candy. candy. And on top of that, what do you have this week on the show? So, bum, 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 Theater District Open House coming Houston up very has a soon. thriving, vibrant theater district. I like how I did my own drum roll thingy. Works so I don't me. know why I did that, but, <laughs> but I think we it's have the a, candy. It's, yes, it's having an effect us. on me. Uh, we have a great theater district. That's another reason I'm excited about this episode. And our theater district is just fascinating. So if you're not from Houston, you listen to this, and you get a chance to travel to Houston, make sure you visit the theaters. We've got a wonderful performing arts here, but every year they have this big open house. It's going to be on August. It's always on a Sunday, and it's going to be on Sunday, August 25th. And so I have a preview of this year's event. And also, it's going to be the two-year anniversary of Harvey, the storm that hit actually right during the weekend of the Mm -hmm. Theater District Open House two years ago. So we cover, do a little Harvey update, talk about that, how the Theater District's doing, and talk about the fun stuff as well that's happening this year. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, well, I'm going to jump back a little bit to, to get ready for mine, but I got to open this. I got to try the new candy because this isn't our regular candy. And these are lovely individually wrapped mm. chocolate wafer bars. Oh, they're good. Okay. Mm. Anyway, so my segment on today's show, so it's the motels. They had a number of hits back in the 80s that you would remember. Only the Lonely, Take the L, Suddenly Last Summer, just to name a few. Only the Lonely. Only uh, the Lonely Campaign. <laughs> See, that's my version of it. <laughs> anyway, so Martha Davis is the lead singer of that group. And back in the late 80s and early 90s, I used to do radio in Chicago. And we did, periodically, we would hit the pop groups of the day. We did, Boy George was on the show, Bonnie Tyler was on the show. We hit what were the hits back then. And I couldn't book Martha Davis. And the motels had kind of not disbanded, but taken a break from pushing themselves. So she wasn't really available to do interviews. And so in my mind, that was always one of those ones that got away. Aww. And I was, and I have waited 30 years for this interview. The universe. It's my Norma Desmond line. You. you know, I waited 30 <laughs> years. She can wait three more days for me to do this interview. And I got the opportunity to talk with Martha Davis. And I am so excited about that. Really thrilled. And she's in town for like a lost 
80s Live concert? You got that name right. Right Yay. down to the Lost 80s Live is touring all over the country. They're coming to Houston on August 22nd. And, I mean, it's not just the motels. It's the motels, Flock of Seagulls, Missing Persons, Wang Chung, Real Life, Bow Wow Wow. And many, many others. So basically, they're not going to have much time for each set. They're going to come up, sing their hits, and move on. But I'm thrilled, and I'm excited, and I'm so... Oh, let's just start the show. You ready? I'm ready. Let's begin. I'm going to eat candy. Yeah, let's take another bite of this. Catherine and Ernie are about to begin the show. Find your seats, silence all chiming devices, locate the nearest exit, and should you wish to partake of any hard candy during the program, please... Unwrap your candies now. In a career spanning almost 50 years, achieving numerous gold albums, an Independent Music Award, an American Music Award, an impressive 17 top 100 hits worldwide, and still going strong, she's the voice and the soul of the motels, it's my honor to introduce you all to Martha Davis. Hello there. Hi there. That was so sweet. Thank you very much. <laughs> it has I didn't been... even know half that stuff about me. <laughs> it's been an amazing <laughs> career. <laughs> well, I mean, I am still doing it, and I'm still loving it more than ever, and um, very excited about the future, and have a million things that I'm... I'm, I'm actually sitting right now in front of a beautiful Colombian mammoth uh, skeleton in the museum at uh, Owensboro, Kentucky, where I might be bringing some of my uh, children's songs to help raise money for the museum. That's, so that's wonderful. Exciting. That's a part of it of yeah. your story that I think a lot of people aren't familiar with who know you from probably the biggest period back in the 80s, but you've done work with children's, you've had solo albums, there's been a whole lot to what you've done with that career. Well, there's a lot that I've, I mean, I've done a ton. There's probably very little that people have ever heard of the stuff I've done because I, up until just recently, I'm not a social media master by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it's like my least favorite part of the program. But now I have a fabulous person who manages and does social media very nicely. So, I mean, there's been albums that I've released and basically I sort of dropped them onto the internet just to hear that little puff of uh dust when they hit the bottom <laughs> because you can't you can't just put things on the internet and expect people to find them so now i'm trying to do it in a little, a little bit more organized fashion so that people will actually know i'm doing something if i'm doing it well i will tell you people do find you you may not be aware of this but on spotify alone 150,000 people listen to the motels each month Whoa. How is that See, for impressive? You keep telling me things about me that I don't know. <laughs> well, you can tell me something that I don't know. How have you kept... You, have, you guys had a new album that came out last year. How have yeah. you kept your voice sounding so good and so as we remembered it? A lot of artists, as time takes its toll, their voices kind of lose something. What have you done to keep yours in shape? Uh, the answer to that is I have no clue. Uh, <laughs> I have never, I've never really thought of myself as a singer. One thing I did do, I actually quit smoking about three years ago, so that was good. That was a good step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, and I did actually get more range back. I was starting, you know, it, your voice gets lower as you get older, and now it's sort of back to where it used to be. But I have no idea. I've never, I, I think of myself as a writer, and that's that's my true joy and calling, I think. But, and the voice was kind of a happy accident. 
and so it was never like I never tried to be a singer or took any singing lessons or do I ever warm up? No. Do I ever do anything? No. I don't. I have no idea. I have no idea. Well, I think it might be Welsh heritage. I think the Welsh like the same. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> there was a period there in the middle of of the history of the band where we all know the songs: "Mission of Mercy," "Only the Lonely," "Take the L," "Suddenly Last Summer," "Remember the Nights," which kind of had that that pop sensibility to it. But you folks started off more as a rock band. Yeah. Well, we we wanted to be just a weird band. I mean, I think we thought of ourselves as kind of a noir, film noir kind of like weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just wanted to I, I just wanted to be different, and I wanted to tell stories that aren't necessarily the happiest, poppiest stories, but you know, the things that sort of rung true with life as opposed to just painting a poppy picture, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So uh, we started, we were we were weirdly kind of funky when we first started out in Berkeley. Um, and we moved down to L.A. thinking we were going to make it overnight because when you're young, you always <laughs> think you're way more talented than you are. Uh, you're full of ego and not much else. But we moved down to California, uh, to L.A., and there was no place we could play unless you had an album deal. There, there was only two places you could play, the Whiskey and the Starwood. And unless you were signed to a major label, you couldn't play there. So we started our own thing called Radio Free Hollywood and did a concert. And sure enough, it sort of got people's attention. And then we started working at well, the Whiskey and the Starwood. And then the band broke up. And then, you know, it wasn't until 1979 that we uh, actually got reformed and got signed to Capitol Records. Yeah. Is there something that's uh, joyful about having the right people in the right studio at the right time to create the right music? Yep, there certainly is. And although we we made a lot of records as the motels, I, I swear to God, I don't think that that combination, what you're speaking of, happened until my new band, which I have now, which we've actually been together 16 years now, which is twice as long as the motels were together. So I can't really call us a new band, but they're, they were the guys that um, it started in 2003 with these younger guys. And they're kind of like, um, they're kind of like my boys, you know? Do they, rediscover, Reed, do they rediscover huh? the music differently than the original lineup did, do you think? Um, they try to be really true to it. The funny thing about them is, is after I left Capitol and I went out on my own, I kind of, I think this happens to a lot of artists. You want to reinvent yourself and you want to get a fresh, you know, tilt on the, on the music. So I was sort of doing all kinds of different, uh, incarnations of the songs. Mm -hmm. And then when these guys joined, because they, the eighties was their music. Um, they, that's what they grew up with. They wanted to do it exactly like it was done. <laughs> they probably like the eighties more than I do, you know? <laughs> you, you talk but, about um, yourself as a writer and you talk about uh-huh. the influence and how you want to tell these stories. And I'm curious, a lot of your material, especially with the last album deals with a lot of the, the difficult periods in your life, things that happen to you that then manifest themselves in songs. When you take to the stage and sing these songs night after night, do they take you back to the the moments that they were written in, or are they now the songs themselves? Can you separate that? They art. I think all art is 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 always alive and it's mm-hmm. always changing. Um, there's uh, it's 
I think when you perform for people, they are taken back. When they hear, like, suddenly last summer, it takes them back to a place. Mm -hmm. But me, as I continue to perform it, it takes on different meanings, and it takes on a different... um, the thing that people, I think I get this question a lot, you know, is you get sick of playing the same song after 40 years. And I'm and I'm like, no, because it's never the same song. It's, yeah. it's a different audience. It's a different hall. It's a different mood that I'm in. You know, it's like we're not the same person every single day. So to try to, to, to believe that that song is going to represent the same thing. It's, no, it's that's what keeps it always like it keeps it always wonderful. You know, you look at this audience, somebody may never have heard these songs, you know, and they're mm-hmm. sitting there going, what, what's going on? <laughs> um, so it's, it's new to them and therefore new to me in a different, in a weird way. I'm speaking with Martha Davis, the uh, lead, the head, the, the main influence in the motels. I don't know exactly how to put it. People know you as the motels, but you are you. And the motel seems to be an uh, offshoot of that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the I'm the one I'm the only one that's never left. <laughs> <laughs> it goes with you everywhere. You're talking about how things take people back to a moment, and I think and here here's my uh, shameless self self moment for me right now. One of my all time favorite songs ever. Don't tell me the time. I think that mm-hmm. is an undiscovered classic, and I can tell you, uh-huh. it was the holidays. I was at an airport on my way home. It played on a TV screen there, and I was a Motels fan, and I didn't realize it was you. And I saw this amazing woman sing this amazing song, and when I got home, I looked at it, I was like, oh my God, it's a solo album from Martha Davis. (laughs) I love that song. And it was a video by David Fincher. Oh, really? I love the video. And you look amazing (laughs) in it, by the way. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I thank you. And it's really funny because there's a gag that goes on in that video, which is the hands are always different hands. And and so sometimes it'll be a kid's hand. Sometimes it'll be an old person's hand. And sometimes it'll be my hand. (laughs) And now I've got the old person's hand. It's just hilarious. Uh, (laughs) But it's a great song. Absolutely. I think it's brilliantly written. It's structured perfectly. I just think it's the song of songs. Well, I appreciate that very much. At the time, this is a funny story, because at the time at Capitol Records, a guy named Don Grierson was the A&R guy, and he was a very pop. He said, I'm Joe Sixpack. I like pop songs and this and that. And so naturally, I went, well, I'll write more poppy. So when you like a song that sounds like a pop song, and Mm -hmm. that was one of the ones. And before the album ever came out, he left Capitol and Tom Wally came in who was like signing bands like Skinny Puppy, which is far from them. Right. So this goes to show you what can happen in the uh, in the world of music where you think you've got a sure thing with these pop songs and the next thing you know, no. Well, everyone should go <laughs> and find just... Policy, your solo album, and listen to that song. It is a, a wonderful, wonderful song. Oh, but that's in the past. You. In the present, there's so much going on, but you're getting a taste of the past because you're on this Lost 80s live tour, and you're with a whole bunch of the folks that people know from the A's, Flock of Seagulls, Missing Person, Bow Wow Wow, Wang Chung. It's a great group. Does it feel yeah. like kind of going back to a college reunion or high school reunion or in the day didn't you have time to socialize with all these folks? I think in the day, like I said, you're full of ego and not much else. I think everybody is so determined to be the, the you know, we're the best. We're, you know, it's, it's funny. It's that, you remember, you know, when you're 20 years old, you're just full of yourself. And, and I mm-hmm. think that 
you know, there were some, some bands that we hung out with before we got signed, but after we got signed, it was like, you get very sort of insular and you're working on your stuff. And it's like, now it's just hilarious because we're just a bunch of old people that enjoy each other and <laughs> like making music and, and everybody's really good. You know, everybody really brings it. And, and I, I sort of go out and tell the audience, you know, welcome to the time machine because you will have hear hit after hit after hit. Uh, we we don't get to play very long. We get, get I mean I get about three songs, um, but it's like you get the three, you know, and everybody <laughs> brings their best stuff. It's a heck of a lineup. It's a great night. Yeah, it's great people, great lineup. I'm so thrilled you guys are part of it. But then the motels are also going to go out on their own too. Yep, yep. No, we've got a ton of stuff planned, and um, the the album we made last year, the last few beautiful days, is to in my mind the the best. Motel's album that's ever been made. I, mm-hmm. I'm so proud of it. And uh, when we do our own stuff, we do a, you know, we include the old stuff, but we play the, the new songs as well. And they've been going over like gangbusters, which is good news for me. And <laughs> I'm actually working on a live stage show too, where it's going to be a, a, a bit more of a retrospective and, um, you know, a, a, just a little bit more upscale for old Martha Davis. And then I've got the, uh, my kids project, which I'm working on, I've written stories to go with the songs and I've had a wonderful illustrator working on that. And then I'm going to try to get my jazz album out. You know, I'm trying, and I started my own record label, Remarkable Records. So that's how all this is going to come about. I kind of got sick of, um, I've had a lot of like, let's just call them bad managers or bad Mm -hmm. players in my life and not players in my band, but the management side of it. And so I just decided if it was going to get screwed up, I'd do it myself. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to take care of that. We often uh, hear artists. I'm... We often hear artists talk about how the music industry has changed. From where you sit, do you like where it is today? Do you like the freedom and the lack of that that you can release on your own, or do you miss the almost the old studio system? There is there is a plus to both. You know, um, I think the the hardest thing about the modern the modern world is. And it's across the board on everything. It's there is too much going on. There's too much mm-hmm. music. There's too much news. There's too much. Like in the old days when you were going to have an album release, the record company would look at all the other labels. They would look at all the product that was coming out. They'd say, well, we can't do it now because the so-and-so is coming out. And we'll slot you and we'll put you in a place so that when you actually got released, people were paying attention to you. You got a little bit of sunshine there, you know. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, there's so much music on the Internet. There's, I mean, I, I you kind of you sign up to spot, you know, to a a Pandora or something where they'll pick your music for you because there's just so much to go through and you have to use an algorithm to find it, you know? Um, So that, that I think across the board is is kind of detrimental. And I I think it's kind of what causes the short attention span. People are just Mm -hmm. like, Oh, that's new. That's new. Oh, they're over there. Yeah. Um, I don't like that part of it. I do love the control part. I do love the fact that I, cause I've, even when I was signed to Capital, I'd have these crazy marketing ideas or something, and, and like they'd just look at me like I was 
crazy. Now I can be crazy and try to pull it off. <laughs> yeah, well, you've been pulling it off brilliantly for years, and we're so excited you're going to come to Houston and pull it off again on August 22nd at the Arena Theater with the Lost 80s tour. It is Martha Davis and the Motels, but you're also going to be coming back, I hope, and touring with the new stuff, and I hope you'll come to Houston when you do that, too. Absolutely. Good old Houston. It was a pleasure talking to you, and I thank you so much for your time. No, thank you for your time. I, I used to do radio back in the late 80s and early 90s, and during that period, I got to talk to all my favorite 80s artists, and you were the one that always got away. And I think it was because uh-huh. it was the time when you were kind of moving back away from being the motels, and I couldn't uh-huh. I couldn't land you. So I've waited all these years for this conversation, and I it was well worth the wait. Oh, you are so sweet. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. Thank you. And that's Martha Davis again with the Motels. They will be part of the Lost 80s Live Tour happening August 22nd at the Arena Theater. And still, I'm kind of giddy having had that chance talk with her i just and she was she couldn't have been more charming she was so cool everything i wanted and more i was a child of the 80s yeah that synth pop and you're listening right now to her solo song to uh don't tell me the time which was the one we were talking about during i love this song anyway (laughs) moving on it's not just the ernie show today (laughs) well one of the other things we're excited about it's the annual Theater District Open House, which kicks off the city's performing art season. Summer went by so fast. Mm -hmm. It's the 26th annual. This thing has been a Houston tradition since 1993. Fun fact, I attended my first open house in 94. And it's a free, family-friendly festival to kind of kick off the excitement of the new season with Lots of activities and also ticket deals. We're going to get a preview of all those details from Catherine McNeil. She is the CEO of Theater District Houston, which uh, is an organization that promotes the Houston Downtown Theater District. And we talk about, you know, how it affects the community and the two-year anniversary of Hurricane Harvey as well. Okay, let's give it a listen. Catherine McNeil. Thank you so much for making time to stop by our studio today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. You are CEO of Theater District Houston. Um, And I always like to learn a little bit about my guests. So tell me a little bit about yourself. I understand you're a Houston native. I am. I was born and raised here. I'm an apartment brat, so I've kind of lived all across the city. But one of the things that I did when I was a little girl was I went to the Alley Theater for the Alley Theater in the round, their summer camp. Oh, wow. And so I had the Nina Vance Orange Notebook and I have a little medal from graduating from the alley camp. I love this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was showing it to Dean Gladden, the general manager of the alley, and he's like, Catherine, I've never seen this. And uh, I said, well, you know, this is what you used to give out. So you were a theater, a Houston theater kid. I was. I yeah. was. And then when did you join? So fast forward, how long have you been with Theater District Houston? I'm getting ready to start my sixth year with Theater District Houston. And it's been very, very exciting because not only do the arts continue to grow 
downtown. Downtown is changing so. And there's a really wonderful focus on the west side of downtown. So to be part of that as it's visibly changing and growing and becoming much more of a beautiful, walkable, outdoor space is great. And the theater district's a huge part of that, the vibrancy coming yeah. from the theater district. Yeah. Do you happen to have any, and I may be putting you on the spot, so bear with me here, um, fun facts about the theater district. What makes Houston's theater district special? Oh, well, we're one of five cities in the United States to have all four of the national big arts, opera, theater, ballet, and symphony. There's only five cities in the United States that have all four. In one concentrated area? Or at all? In one city. Mm. In one city. You, You might have an opera, a symphony, and a ballet, But then you don't have the theater, Mm. or you have the theater, the opera, and the symphony, but you don't have the ballet. There's only five cities that have all four, and Houston's one of them. Also, that we are second to New York in most seats in one geographical area for our theater seats. So it's really unique and special. Uh, Houstonians would expect that because we've grown up with that, but people from the outside don't look at Houston that way. So I think that's unique and special. And then we just have so much art coming through uh, between the festivals that the Alley does, the productions, ballet starting its 50th season, which is very exciting, the world premieres that they're doing, theater under the stars, and the Houston Symphony, the opera. So it's just amazing the work that they produce. The Theater District Open House is in its 26th 26th year. Or 26th, right. Yeah. <laughs> 26th anniversary. Isn't that amazing? Open House. Mm-hmm. Um, so quite a tradition, and it's like the official start of the city's performing arts season. Of the fall season. So for those who may be new to Houston or those just newbies who maybe haven't made it part of their own personal or family tradition yet, what is the Theater District Open House? It is an afternoon. It's a Sunday afternoon, and all four of the theaters are open. Everything is free. There are performances going on starting at noon and going till 5 o'clock. There are special ticket and subscription offers that are one day only um, that you can come down and see. You can start at the Hobby Center. We have a van because it's August and it can still be a little hot, but you could start at the Hobby Center or Jones and go in and see and look at the whole season and go, I'm really interested in seeing this. Oh, I had no idea that that was coming. And pick and choose and create your own you know, arts calendar. And so we have a van that'll take you from Hobby to Wortham to the Alley to Jones. Also, Revention Center, which is the home of Live Nation, participates in Theater District Open House, and they're across the street from the Wortham. And they'll be open, and you can see what's coming up at Revention. So um, it's just a really good way to get a full picture of all the arts that's coming up for the season. 
So kind of like a festival. It's very much a, a little festival. bit of a Black Friday <laughs> situation with the ticket deals kind of yes. all rolled into one. A great sampler for the arts. It's a great mm-hmm. sampler for the arts. Mm-hmm. We'll have Louisiana closed from traffic, which is the block in front of Jones Hall. And there'll be tents and food trucks and there'll be live performances out there on Louisiana. We have a great public art piece by an artist by the name of Joan Dodd over by the alley. Last year, she created the 88 Keys in front of Jones Hall that people just adored. This year, she's created a piece over at the alley. We also have boat tours. Buffalo Bayou Partnership collaborates with us, and you can do a tour, a boat tour on the bayou. And, of course, you'll go right by the Hobby Theater on the bayou. I love how it's so Houston. It's like the bayou is part of the theater district. (laughs) As Harvey taught us, the bayou is right behind us. Mm. But we love those collaborations. Speaking of Harvey, Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a little serious now. We are coming up on the two-year anniversary of the big storm that Harvey was. The theater district was hit very hard uh, with major damages Theater district was devastated. The Wortham was closed for over a year. The opera and the ballet and Decomer were homeless. Yeah, Alley Theater had major damages. Alley Theater had major damage. Jones Hall had damage. The Hobby Center was the least damaged of Mm -hmm. the four theaters. But for the first time since Harvey, there's no construction, double wides on Fish Plaza, both Cullen and Brown theaters will be open for activities and performances. Was and there still construction last yes. last year? Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. We we could get into the Wortham, but we couldn't go into the theaters, and there was still construction on Fish Plaza. The parking garages are all open and usable. They're safe. And this year, for the first time, we are going to have more free parking downtown than we've ever had. Theater district parking is free. Lyric Center is free. Uh, the ballet lot is free. Skanska, the new Capitol Tower building, their parking is free. So you'll have no problem um, coming very, downtown and very finding important. parking. <laughs> yeah, we've, it's really wonderful, these partnerships that these businesses uh, and then, of course, theater district parking will be free. And how is the theater district two years after Harvey? Um, I mean, spiritually, and also is everything like totally fixed? You know, like the parking garages, everything totally no, back up. Kind of give us there, an update. There's still, there's still some construction going on at the Wortham, um, but it's not in public space. It's downstairs in the basement, dressing rooms that. So there's still some construction going on. The parking garage still has some cleanup um, that they are doing painting and, and this type of stuff. But the spirit's good. But the spirit was good from the moment Harvey hit. Hopefully people have had some time to um, take a deep breath, gather their thoughts, because for, you know, 18 months it was just straight on trying to make sure that the show went on. 
And Houston really needed its arts more than anything after Harvey. Yeah. It did. How do you feel on a personal level, if you don't mind my asking? Because you lived through it. I mean, as a Houstonian and as CEO of Theater District Houston at the time and, and carrying it through its recovery you and making still, this milestone. Mm-hmm. You still get a little nervous when it rains. And we're working very, very hard. Our energy is really focused on working with the city and the county to make sure we have the protection that we will not be devastated again in the next flood. So, you know, passing the bond election so that we the monies will be there so we can fix the drainage and working with flood control. So that's really where our energy and focus is because when it's a legitimate question, how do you know this is not going to happen again? And we need to make sure that it doesn't. So getting back to this year's event. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> You've given us an overview of what the festival is and, and sort of the spirit and, you know, the fact that it's going to have all these free activities and performances. Um, can you give us some more details about what's happening this year? Anything new and different that's going to be offered, as well as the traditional sort of favorite sort of backstage tours and those kinds well, of things? Well, at 4 o'clock, there'll be a full symphony concert at Jones Hall, which is always exciting. People love that. My favorite is jazz. And we're going to have two of Houston's homegrown. Dakamra is bringing in Walter Smith and Kindred Scott. So that will be a real special treat. And Tuts is leading with a chorus line. So there'll be snippets so that you can hear that music, which is just so lively and the dance and It'll just get you going. I always love going through to see at the alley where they'll teach you how to do stage action. Oh, like fighting? Fight. Thank you. I couldn't (laughs) find the right. Yes. But they'll train you and show you how to fight live on stage. Yes. Safely on stage, (laughs) right? How you knife someone during a play, Murder on the Orient Express. So uh, these sort of behind the scenes, behind the scenes look, right. And then to be able to see the costumes is always exciting too. And then kids really love the Nutcracker characters, which will the ballet will have and um, get ready for the fall holiday season. What kind of impact does the Theater District Open House make on the community? We had about 13,000 people come through last year. And I would estimate that probably 5,000 of those people had never really come in and gone through the theaters before. And I think that's really important that people be able to come down, see how accessible everything is, how welcoming spaces that they are, and explore what that looks like, feels like, get an introduction to these organizations. So I think that's a really key opportunity and really important um, that people have access to these arts and can get kind of an inside feel for them when they've had no previous exposure to them. And then also sometimes we get so busy 
in our day-to-day lives that you sometimes forget how much you enjoy something. And I think when you take the time to come to Theater District Houston and you spend 20 minutes watching a performance, you're like, oh, I forgot how much I enjoy that on, you know, for a Sunday matinee. Yeah, it's a rediscovery. And, you know, we have to sort of acknowledge at the same time that you can get some great ticket deals and this supports our arts economy and, Absolutely. Uh, you know, the thriving arts scene. Theater mm-hmm. District has about 1.2, 1.3 million visitors come through a year. So it's really vital to the economy and the ticket deals, the one day offers. Everybody likes a good discount. <laughs> they do, they do. But I will have to say, year round, there's really affordable tickets. However, there are very good deals at the open house. The 26th annual Theater District Open House. 26th annual Sunday afternoon, August 25th. We start at noon, go to five. And free parking. Free parking. <laughs> the most important lot, thing, maybe. <laughs> the lot, free parking. Lots of fabulous arts and just good fun and food trucks. Can't get better than that. You can't get better than food trucks. That's right. Catherine McNeil, thank you so much for coming in. Had a lot of Catherine, fun. Catherine, thank you very much you. <laughs> for having us and uh, giving us an opportunity to let people know about the open house. And thanks again to Catherine McNeil, CEO of Theater District Houston, for coming in and giving us the scoop about the 26th annual TC Energy, just to give a little credit to their sponsor, TC Energy Theater District Open House on Sunday, August 25th. And to get a schedule of events and more information, you can visit theaterdistrictopenhouse.com. How are they spelling theater? With an E-R. E-R. Excellent question. (laughs) We do obsess about that. You know, one we don't obsess about is uh, how you can reach us. And it's easy. U-I-C-N for Unwrap Your Candies. I think we do actually obsess about it. I know, all the time. (laughs) U-I-C-N at HoustonPublicMedia.org. Write us. Tell us what you're thinking, what's on your mind, what you'd like to see. And also you can join us in the social media realm with hashtag U-I-C-N. And, Ernie... Now it gets exciting. You can come say hi to us. Live and in person. Speaking of Theater District Open House... We are going to be at the Theater District Open House. We're going to have our little table set up, microphones, the whole bit. And we're going to be taping segments of our show at Theater District Open House. So when you're out and about, come find us. Come say hello to us. We will have a presence well known. You want to know where we are? You can write us. <laughs> we'll tell you in an email. We actually, the reason we're being a little cagey about that, we had a place set and we might be moving to a different location. So look for us in one of the big halls, either Wortham or Jones. We'll be there. You'll know us by the table. You'll see the Houston Public Media logo around us. And Catherine and I will be there. Yeah. And then we'll be sharing um, some of the interviews on an upcoming episode. So yeah. subscribe when, if you don't already and stay tuned. And you know what else? We're going to become a radio show. So keep listening. Beginning of September, we're going to take to the airwaves also. So there'll still be the podcast for those of you who love it this way. And then for those of you who are traditional radio listeners, you'll have your chance there too. Yay. I'm Ernie Manus. And I'm Catherine Liu. Who forgot to introduce ourselves at the top of the show yet again. Once again. (laughs) Join us next time. Thanks for listening.